0: It's happening now! We're about to send you back to the future! Welcome back, foolish mortals, to part two of the Back to the Revuture Halloween Fright Fest Spooktacular! When last we left, our intrepid podcasters, we had discussed close encounters of the Hollywood kind, our opinions on Friday the 13th, and things that are slightly more terrifying than gropey old men in the 80s. And now, you rejoin us as we move on to discuss Nightmare on Elm Street. (laughs) Did you like that intro? It was great. Yeah? (laughs) I thought it was really good. I quite liked that.
1: Alright, okay, good to be. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I didn't need to do a retake or anything. I thought that <laughs> I thought that was really good. <laughs> I was going to let you do it, but then I thought you'd just be like, "Yeah, well, I don't, you know, talk I don't, to I us don't do stuff. spooky. You don't really do spooky things. I can't do it as you no?
1: heard from last time.
0: Yeah, well, uh, well, I know. Yeah, no, that's true. That's true. So, our last podcast that we did, part one of our Halloween fright fest spoke about friday the 13th you weren't that much of a fan
1: not really no no
0: despite it being more in line with the kind of horror films that you would prefer to watch over things that are like supernatural or you know out of the ordinary it's a little bit more grounded and real yeah. essentially a little bit more true crime as it were. I suppose.
1: Were. yeah i suppose
0: even though we kind of established that the writing on Friday the 13th, by today's standards, a little bit lazy.
1: Yeah, very lazy. Well, I don't know by today's standards, I think that would kind of, I don't know. I don't think it's, I think it's just preference. I think they maybe Mm. just thought that it was a good idea to keep everything kind of back and then when you see it at the end, you go, whoa, I wasn't expecting that.
0: Yeah, I think at the time, it would have been a little bit like, oh, this hasn't been done in film before. Yeah, like, I suppose. There hasn't been a lot in the way of twist endings.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, I think I just don't think it was as tense as I thought it no. was going to be. There, there, was, there wasn't a lot of tension, I didn't think.
0: No. No, it wasn't, for the most part. I, I it was just like, like who's going to get was, kills next?
1: Well, yeah. I did like when she was being lured outside by the, help me, help me... Like, yeah and almost, nothing like, really his... came of that well no because she was trying to just get her out outside yeah and it was like that was kind of like the noise in the lake wasn't it of him yeah dying. so like I actually did like that because I was kind of creepy but that's like the only time when I was like Ooh. yeah that was know. it they,
0: they did nothing else with that dynamic afterwards no. and that's why maybe Friday the 13th the first film part part the first mm. is Maybe, maybe not even the the best out of the franchise. I would say, considering that it went yeah, on. Yeah, I mean, as, yeah, don't, people but, don't really
1: talk about that one, do they? It's like the iconic part is later when he's got the mask and all that type of thing. That's what you see all the time. Yeah. Like you don't see like the rotted corpse of a boy walking
0: around. No, you don't. No, 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 not at all. Like, not I'm, at all.
1: Yeah, I don't know. And I mean, maybe that maybe they thought they were being clever by the boy drown by the boy like pretending to drown so he could get a kiss off her. Doing the mouth to mouth thing. Yeah. Maybe that was like foreshadowing.
0: Yeah, yeah, maybe. Maybe. But, yeah. but we are now moving on to talk about the 1984 iconic horror movie, A Nightmare on Elm Street, directed by Wes Craven, one of the really big names in horror which is kind of up there along with John Carpenter and maybe a a slightly more modern name that might be synonymous with horror films is James Wan, who did all of the Conjuring series, you know, some of Insidious. Right. Obviously, Sam Raimi is another (laughs) name, That is synonymous with horror, like one of the big ones doing Evil Dead and Drag Me to Hell. But he's a little bit
1: like, I kind of see him as being slightly tongue in cheek, though, when he does stuff. Because it's almost like he does it in a B-movie style on purpose. Yes. And it's still, they're still good films. Because that's where Sam Raimi got got his origins. Well, that's what I mean, yes. But it's still a little bit, yeah, I don't know, a bit over the top.
0: No, I I reckon. On purpose,
1: though. I know he does does on purpose, so I'm not saying, oh, it's too over the top and hammy for me. Because that's what it's supposed to be.
0: But Wes Craven is a little bit like that as well. Wes Craven writes a lot of tropes into his film that people kind of acknowledge and then completely ignore. (laughs) It's like Wes Craven took some of the rules of what, you can and can't include in horror films make people openly react to those and then purposefully ignore them and obviously the big example of this is scream a horror film which is about yeah. being in a horror film
1: yeah.
0: and where the lines get blurred and where the rules get blurred mm. and everything like that and to to this day i think that scream is probably one of the cleverest horror films that there's been because Scream was originally written as a parody of a horror film. But people liked it as a horror film so much. Yeah, because that it is they, kind
1: of scary. Yeah,
0: that they, he just did it as a horror film that acknowledges openly horror film tropes.
1: Yeah, I like Scream is good and um, the first one is good and then it does get a little bit rubbish after that doesn't it It
0: does a little bit because (laughs) the thing is the more scream films get made the more meta and self-referential they get and there's a point it's just
1: non-stop oh this person's trying to contact me because I was part of the murders oh okay I'll go and live somewhere else right okay cool Next film. Oh, they're still trying to contact me to be part from these murders. Right, okay, yeah, we get it. You're part of the blimmin' murders. Yeah, okay.
0: (laughs) And it's always the same music as well. It's the same score.
1: Poor limping David Arquette as well. I know.
0: I find it hilarious (laughs) that throughout the series, David David Arquette just gets more and more and more messed (laughs) up. Like, he starts off with just a limp and then he's got, like, a gammy arm... And then after the third one, he's got, like, an eye twitch. And then, in, you know, if they make another one, he'll and probably have, like, Tourette's work. or something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, it's it's just... He gets more and more messed up as the franchise goes on. I, I just find that very, very funny. But A Nightmare on Elm Street is one of the big starting points for Wes Craven. It's right, one of... Okay. It's actually, other than Scream... One of Wes Craven's most iconic films. I didn't
1: know he did scream. I didn't really know anything. I don't really know what he's done, to be honest.
0: Yeah, so it's a bunch of things, really. He's synonymous with doing a lot of a lot of things that are horror based. He's done a lot of one-off things, but he's written. A lot of things oh, okay. as well so he's more synonymous with being a horror writer he has done including obviously all of the screams they're all his uh he did cursed in 2005 which was a um a werewolf film uh red eye in 2005 as well which so is this is a- like a big
1: gap though. He, he did this in 1984 and now he's doing stuff now. Oh
0: yeah, but he did all of the other Nightmare on Elm Street franchise oh, things okay. as well. Um, he's done a couple of things for The Twilight Zone. Oh. Yeah, he's done quite a few things. The Hills Have Eyes oh, okay. in 1977 was his right, probably okay. his big thing yeah, yeah. before Nightmare on Elm Street, but
1: They've already remade that. That was Old Hat now.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, a lot of things of his have had a couple of remakes. But, yeah. So he's done a lot of things in the horror franchise. But, obviously, synonymous with Nightmare on Elm Street. Now, you, again, hadn't seen Nightmare on Elm Street. And if you want to hear about (laughs) our close encounter that we had with Freddy Krueger, multiple Freddy Kruegers at Halloween Horror Nights you can listen to part one of this Halloween Fright Fest Spooktacular as we talk your way through the halloween horror nights at universal studios that we went to you can also see some footage of that night on my youtube channel which is just drew bridger and if you look for the, our travel vlogs it will be in the travel vlog section of the videos that i have put out there so go to the travel vlog playlist and you will find the video where we are doing theme parks yeah There's a whole video of us going around Disney, going around Universal Studios, and at the end, you and your high blood pressure after you had to have a sit down, your pulse rate through the roof. (laughs) But you hadn't seen Nightmare on Elm Street before, which is surprising. I've seen one
1: part of Nightmare on Elm Street.
0: Yeah. But And you basically <laughs> lived A Nightmare on Elm Street before watching this yeah, film. Yeah, you bit, You'd had a bit of a nightmare yourself. Yeah, I did. With Freddy Krueger. I'm kind
1: of glad that I hadn't seen the film first, otherwise I probably would have been worse.
0: Yeah, there is, th- th- there is that mentality as well. You might have been much worse off. But what did you think A Nightmare on Elm Street was going to be about before watching the film? Take okay. us through oh, right. the synopsis. I'll,
1: I'll talk exactly
0: exactly
1: i'll read exactly what i've that
0: you've written yes please
1: kids get killed by freddy krueger in their dreams and then he finds a way to come into real life
0: Huh? so not far off actually (laughs) not far off so actually you kind of had a pretty good grasp of what the film was i don't know necessarily that he ever finds a way into the real world in too much of the actual nightmare on elm street franchise of films so what
1: happened at the end then how did he kill him how did he kill the mum if he wasn't there
0: that was actually still in the dream the oh. whole the whole idea of the end of this film is that when you think she's awake she's actually still that's actually all still part I of don't the dream
1: understand that's another thing that i wrote down the first thing that i wrote down was (laughs) don't understand the ending
0: don't understand the ending what do
1: you mean she's aware what do you mean
0: so when she wakes up after she thinks she's grabbed freddy krueger and brought him into the real world right
1: yeah
0: that's still in the nightmare that's still in the nightmare realm so how is
1: anybody supposed to know this
0: I don't think you are until the end and you go oh no, the whole thing the is still end, a dream. I didn't get it. It's like with Inception, like is he still dreaming no, at the but end? I haven't seen that. Oh, okay. All right. Maybe we <laughs> so need to watch have... Inception. So I don't
1: have that frame of reference, I'm afraid. <laughs> oh my god.
0: I thought you would have at least watched Inception. Oh, no, it's weird. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, this is weird.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. It obviously was obvious that it was a dream right at the end when she came out and she got trapped in the car. Because they, sure. they were actually all dead.
0: Sure. And then they were Yeah, dead. all of all the people so that like, are in oh, the car are okay. dead.
1: So that's a dream. Yeah. Right at the end. So when she starts banging on the window and getting that police officer to come over to the house, that's a dream as well. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But how do we know this? I don't think you're meant to know that until the end of the film. But
1: I have seen the end of the film. <laughs> and I still don't know. That's what I'm saying. Okay, how are we meant to... So know? there
0: are a few clues because that she kind she wakes
1: of, up. She wakes up because the alarm goes off. You
0: think that she's woken up. She thinks that she's woken up.
1: So how do we know that she hasn't? Freddy
0: Krueger, it's it's kind of discussed in later on in the franchise, that Freddy Krueger is like a dream demon. So when you yeah, are so in his nightmare like a dream realm,
1: monster, I thought he was a dream monster. Yeah.
0: So when you are in the nightmare realm, he is basically a god.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah, so yeah, he has he entire like, domain I'm over. Oh my god.
0: Now you also figure out later on that he is kind of drawing his power from, from fear. fear.
1: Yeah, I got that
0: so the things that clue you in that she might still be dreaming is the fact that when all the policemen run into the house to help save her and she takes him to the basement where he's been on fire and you see the footprints that are on fire going around and going up the stairs it's like okay how did they get past Them. That's like a really small area for him to have got round with no one noticing. It looked like they
1: were dodging. I don't look at those small parts of these types of films because I think if I was to start
0: analysing, yeah, if I was to start
1: analysing how they got up the stairs when there was some fire, then. Well, the film's just moot immediately because as soon as I saw the first two minutes, I would have been like, how is this guy being alive with all this burns and how has he got a glove with with knives on it? Like, I'm not going to start scrutinising the fact that somebody can maybe get upstairs when I'm watching a film about how a dream monster kills people in real life. Right. Like, I'm not going to think like it's, that.
0: It's not necessarily that he got up the stairs while on fire. It's the fact that no one saw that happen in that small space of area. Like... He was on the stairs one minute, not there the next. So the policemen weren't
1: actually in the house at all then, because that was a dream?
0: Yes. yes. Are you
1: saying, yes, that's a dream? Yes,
0: (laughs) I am. And the fact that when he's upstairs trying to kill her mum and they pull back the sheet and he's not there and she gets sucked into the bed. Like, that's not real life. Like, how is that happening?
1: But none of this is real life. The guy actually got hanged in the prison cell in real life.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: And Johnny Depp actually got eaten by the bed in real life.
0: Yeah, there is. So that. why would
1: I not think that that was real as well?
0: There it I mean that is a good point. If I had a full explanation for it, I I would give it to you. But here's the thing. That ending is not the original ending that Wes Craven wanted to have.
1: No, I'll, I'll forget clearly, because it's rubbish.
0: <laughs> so Wes Craven wanted the film to actually have a happy end and actually have it end that she defeats Freddy Krueger, or Fred Krueger, as he's known. He's not actually yeah. known as Freddy no, no. until the next film. Right. It's only Fred Krueger yeah. in this one that she actually defeats him <laughs> goes on like all. obviously all of her friends have died at this point but she was going to then kind of live her life having vanquished this evil so taken away the power dead, though. I think so in that ending I think so no I think she gets there before he kills her no so she. I mean
1: in the one that we watched she did actually die yes Right. Okay. yes how did he get her, though? I have she no idea. Because she dreamt of him as well, did she? Yes, or not? yeah. Okay.
0: So... Now it's... I just
1: feel like this whole film was a dream.
0: Well, I mean, there you go. This is, <laughs> this is maybe what you're meant to question. I don't know. But the ending... That's the ending that Wes Craven wanted. What the producers wanted was also a different ending, where actually uh, she... Gets killed at the end as well. And Freddy Krueger comes out kind of victorious. Right. And this was like a meeting in the middle, as it were, between the two. This was kind of the compromise ending. Right. Between Wes Craven and the producers. (laughs) But considering that this film actually saved new line cinema Mm. which was a film studio that was kind of going bankrupt at the time and the notoriety of this film brought them back
1: oh
0: yeah you would think that they would have maybe gone okay you know you do the ending that you want
1: Wow, yeah
0: Or maybe it's because the ending is so completely out there and completely balmy that people were like, You've gotta go and see this yeah, film because it's mad. But the ending yeah, is really weird. Yeah. Like, you go and see the ending. Tell me what you think the ending yeah. is of the film. Like, what actually is it? And I and I think it's the fact that she is at that point trapped in the dream realm. Oh. So she is no longer
1: yeah, alive she didn't wake in... up because she's yeah, screaming. Yeah, she never
0: screaming. woke up. She never so she is trapped in the dream realm. Right. And she's just there. She's alive but maybe in like a coma in the uh in the real world. And uh... she's just trapped in the dream realm forever and ever. I did think
1: like my whole like a lot of my thing about about the film was the fact that all of the adults in the movie are just completely useless.
0: They are. And they but know... I didn't
1: realise that that was... In that that was in a dream though. So when the police officer is standing outside Johnny Depp's house across the street, yeah, um, not coming to get her, yeah, I thought that was real. So I thought, oh, he's just being completely useless. Go and get help, or go over and yeah. see what she's screaming about. Yeah. go and get her dad like he told you to. So, but he stands there and stares at her for ages and goes, oh, maybe I should go and get help.
0: But I mean, that's another nightmare thing. Like, if you're in, a, if you're in a nightmare scenario, it is. But I didn't realize that she was help, dreaming. And then. everyone is just looking at you. Like, <laughs> but no I didn't one realize is... that she
1: was dreaming then. Yeah, though. I just thought. He was been completely useless and then when his dad her dad comes in and sees the mum being brutally murdered and burnt alive by this yeah. thing that's on fire and then she just goes oh I'm okay I'm fine it's fine and then he leaves the room and leaves her in the room after yeah, she's that's seen really that like weird. what why are you
0: doing it that it is really weird and what did you say it was because she was so full of vodka that she, she just went yeah. up <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she wouldn't have burnt so quickly if she wasn't such a wino <laughs>
1: because just felt like a fireball, like... <laughs> so that was a dream as well?
0: Yes. All of that bit. All of it. All of it in the dream realm. Oh. And he's torturing her. Oh. He's basically torturing her for her fear. And she decides at the end that she isn't afraid of him and he pretends to just, like, vanish. Yeah, that was weird. And she goes out one door and into the other and into what you think is oh, the real world. Oh, yeah, because world.
1: she goes out of that bedroom door. Yeah. And it's a, suddenly her front door and she's with her mum then. Yeah. And you but reckon, oh, I, this must no, be like days later or dream. whatever. I thought that was the dream. Yeah. Because I thought, well, the mum definitely died because I saw her. So I thought that was the dream, not the other way around.
0: Yeah. No, that is, still, that is still the dream. Yeah. So, but I know what you mean. I know what you mean. You're meant to think like, oh, that's it. It must that just be confusing. days later. But she's still there. And then you realise, oh, no, that's still... Still the dream, so maybe this whole thing has been the dream, right? Yeah, but Johnny
1: Depp did actually die though. That wasn't part of a dream,
0: no? That, that actually happened. I mean, poli- not in real poli- life, the in poli- the film,
1: oh. and the policemen were actually outside. Yeah, okay,
0: <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I can already tell what you kind of thought of this film a little bit. Okay, so let's talk through some of the things that you liked about the film or didn't like about the film. Some of the things you've put down. Number one, your guy, Johnny Depp. His big film debut.
1: Yeah, I knew he was already... Uh, this That was the thing about this film that I knew. That and I thought
0: this one. was actually going to be a little bit of a surprise for you. No, I was hoping to no, chase it and you'd be like, oh my God, Johnny Depp. No.
1: But of course,
0: the amount <laughs> that you know about Johnny Depp, the amount of times that you've seen Rango, <laughs> as previously discussed, how obsessed you were with Charlie and the Chocolate Factory yeah. in a previous episode. Oh,
1: yeah. Not obsessed... Um,
0: well I I I it was foolish of me foolish of me rookie error to to think that you wouldn't know he was in this
1: somebody who's seen Rango the same amount of times as I have is not somebody who's surprised that Johnny Depp's in Nightmare on Elm Street (laughs) I already knew that
0: I mean that is a fair point so what did you think of him in this film
1: I thought he was really good obviously I thought um, in amongst the cast that was already in the film I thought he was a shining beacon of acting light (laughs)
0: <laughs> this, of course.
1: Everyone else was terrible and they needed him in Friday the 13th. For a oh star. yeah. 100%. <laughs> this is why because I when I looked at the when you're watching the credits at the beginning and it said introducing Johnny Depp and I was like, how do they know that they're introducing Johnny Depp? And then when I watched it, I thought, oh yeah, because around everyone else you could tell that he's going to do something. Yeah. Because all the rest of them are absolute poo.
0: Yeah. I think he was definitely gaining notoriety as heartthrob status he at that point. He was just very
1: natural. That's all. He just acted very naturally. It was just like you would just believe that he's that teenager doing that thing.
0: Yeah, like, I don't know. Hundred percent. Yeah, and he's really good in the film. It's a little bit of a shame that he cops it like towards right, the end, at the
1: of the end film. though. So yeah, I mean, he made it quite far. <laughs> he
0: made it further into the film than Kevin Bacon did yeah, in in Friday Thirteenth. Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. I really liked Johnny Depp in this, and I'll tell you for why. Because
1: crop
0: top. <laughs> yes, because of his crop top, his his crop t-shirt. I don't think anyone else can get away with wearing a crop t-shirt the way that Johnny Depp can in this film. But also, he's listening to vinyl records whilst simultaneously watching a tiny portable TV. <laughs> as and well that was in that quite a big bed. TV for then. it's quite a big it's still portable though yeah
1: well ma- which is yeah, mad kind of
0: <laughs> but I just think that that as far as 80s kid things go that's living the life yeah he the was life. the
1: ultimate 80s child. that
0: is living the life
1: watching I'm, nudies on the TV
0: I think yeah I mean I don't know that he was actually I think he was saying that to be sarcastic like Miss Nude America's gonna be on. <laughs> well how are you gonna hear what she has to say who wants want to listen to what she what has to say? To say. <laughs> <laughs> but there we go. I, I really liked him in this. I thought he was I thought he was good.
1: Yeah. I thought he was better too. than most
0: of the other cast members, to yeah, be honest. He was. Yeah, he was. I don't think anyone else of note was really in the film, other oh, than no. the guy who played uh, Freddy Krueger, yeah. Robert Englund.
1: Yeah, I know, but even he didn't do that much.
0: No, so would you like the first bit of friday 13th trivia time okay no sorry not we've done friday the 13th trivia what time we've done about? that nightmare <laughs> on elm street trivia time yeah. or noest
1: noest
0: as as i call it
1: an oest
0: and an can i get the do 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 can i get a spooky do 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> no. We've done all of the spookiness. I can't do
1: it. My brain just can't work it out. We're
0: over the spookiness. We are down to brass tacks of film facts now. So, Freddy Krueger himself has under seven minutes of screen time.
1: What?
0: Yep. He is actually on screen for less than seven minutes in the I whole film. I thought he was actually How weird is that? I
1: thought he was in it quite a lot.
0: So, Betsy Palmer, who played Mrs. Forhees, who is actually the killer in yeah. Friday the 13th, has... Double the <laughs> Almost double yeah. the amount of screen time as Freddy Krueger does in the first Nightmare on Elm Street. How
1: weird is that? Yeah, that is weird.
0: It's strange, isn't it?
1: Because it felt like he was actually there quite a lot. Yeah. I, I was surprised at how much he was in the film, is what I
0: thought. Yeah, That's but so you weird. think... When you think about it, it's kind of not actually seeing his face. It's yeah, like I think like his, your his brain glove kind of... Or things that represent Freddy Krueger. Yeah, that's
1: what I mean. I think your brain kind of fills in the gaps. It so does. Like, I, don't see, I didn't see him putting the sheet around the guy's neck, but my brain thought, oh, that's Freddy Krueger. Well, that's yes, Freddy Krueger so doing yeah, so that.
0: Yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's weird how this film is actually cleverer than you initially think it is because when you hear something like that you go you go well no because it was freddy krueger doing this oh but you don't see him doing that yeah. your brain fills in the gaps
1: yeah.
0: much like it does in dream scenarios nightmare scenarios yeah yeah although i did find it funny that the a scientist there when actually <laughs> in reality we don't even actually know what dreams are right they're just mysterious except You're you're literally a dream scientist. (laughs) So actually, yes, you do. You just don't know. He's
1: a sleep therapist. He's a sleep. Okay, he's a sleep
0: therapist. therapist. But we actually do know what dreams are. It's the brain subconsciously processing and analysing and sorting information that we've had through the day or anything like that. We just don't know why it does that. It's what they were meant to. Right,
1: okay.
0: I mean, I just thought that was a little bit of a stupid bit of dialogue. We, don't, we still don't actually know what dreams are. Well,
1: they, well, don't, yeah, you know. Do. Well, they don't know what those dreams are. Well, she,
0: yeah, you don't know what she's dreaming. <laughs> That's true. But then he goes on to do all of the technical jargon. It's like, oh yeah, she's definitely dreaming now. She's in REM sleep. Mm-hmm. It's this like
1: normally be plus five.
0: Plus, Plus or minus 10. 10 is what we would expect to see for a nightmare, and then
1: goes you like know. it like 15. She's
0: like, whoa! <sighs> so, actually, he does bloody know what they are. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: What other things did you put down? Well, I because know. I
1: didn't know that none of that was a dream, I pretty much just put down all the ways that I thought the adults were being stupid. Like, leaving her in the room by herself after her mum got burnt to a crisp and right. not going and getting her when she yeah. was... Because I didn't know that wasn't real. Yeah.
0: It's just, just ruined one of my notes. <laughs> also, I find it I find it very funny that the mum went and got all of the security bars for the windows and took down the trellis so that no one can climb up it yeah. and, er- and anything like that. And it's also her the whole time of going, Oh no, this person that you think is out to get you actually isn't because this person is dead. We know because we killed him. So if you're that blasé about someone that you think your daughter thinks is coming to get her, why go out and get all of the security stuff?
1: I don't know. Because I think that she was having, I think that she was having the dreams as well. Maybe. Well, I don't know, actually. Because at first when, obviously before the explanation when she said at the funeral to the mum and dad, um, oh, I know who it is it's a guy with a stripy jumper and knives for fingers you know that's yeah of the thing. they both kind of looked at each other and looked at her like oh, and i thought oh they've dreamt of him as well yeah. when they were younger like when they were a teenager it happened to them as well but actually i think that's because they thought oh that's freddy Krueger, the guy that we killed for being a paedophile you know
0: right and that's not actually mentioned in the film because they had they actually had to no, change just... that
1: oh for, j- for no, this first just... film kind of i just assumed that's what was going on with the way the mum told the story
0: well it's later on in the franchise that you get more of a backstory behind who freddy krueger was the fact that he was born because his mum had had sex with a bunch of maniacs or whatever so he was already like (laughs) pre predestined to be a murderer or whatever okay but It's later on in the franchise that you kind of get the impression that the reason he has the knife glove was that he used that to, like, molest kids with. In this first film, they wanted to avoid the implication. They only implied that he had, like, maybe done things to kids. But they outrightly said he was a child murderer, because they didn't want to predicate the entire film on like child molestation, because that had had a huge notoriety in actual news articles around the time, oh. and they didn't want to be seen to be cashing in on the idea. I just
1: assumed that that's what of, she was getting
0: at. Right, but I mean, again, it is implied. It is implied, but yeah. it's never outrightly said. No. That is not, no. kind of what happened. It's just that he was a child murderer right. and he took these children well, back to his boiler room and they that's said. where they, he killed them. Yeah, but
1: that's what made me think of it because she said he yeah. took them back to the boiler room and where then he then kept murdered his kids. Them. And then I was like, oh, obviously something else happened in between that time.
0: Yeah but that obviously kind of goes into a little bit more detail later on they wanted to avoid that and that's what i can't
1: understand how did the daughter having lived in that neighborhood around about 18 years or 17 years or whatever not never have heard that story before
0: yeah i know it's a weird thing to have and it's like it's almost like because it never went to trial she said it never really went to trial the judge got fat off of the trial, the lawyers got fat off the trial, but because someone had signed paperwork wrong, he went free. Yeah. So there wouldn't be that much of a news where story was then, about though? it. Where Went free they
1: where?
0: Just, they let him out. They just but like, how off end up you up go. did
1: people's dreams, though?
0: Because this is... Again, you... It goes into it later on in the franchise how he went to hell after being killed by <laughs> all of these people, burnt alive in his own boiler room yeah, yeah. made a deal with the devil oh, to right. bring oh. him souls okay, yeah. by being a dream demon, right, okay. essentially. Uh, so it's a whole weird... Yeah, I just
1: thought it was weird that she'd never heard that story before given the fact that her mum was the one that yeah. killed him and her dad is a police officer.
0: There's a bunch of...
1: <laughs> yeah. You would think that he, she would have heard about that story before.
0: Yeah. And it, obviously being a police officer... You kind of want to turn a blind eye to the fact that your wife was part of this lynch mob that murdered a guy, even well, though I mean, that guy was a child killer. Yeah, he
1: was supposed to be dead, basically. That's
0: so what thought, you, as a police officer, you're kind of like, well, I kind maybe of know about this, divorced. but I need to like cover it up.
1: Maybe that's why they divorced.
0: Yeah, maybe. Maybe. So, like,
1: I understand kind of saying, oh, I'm going to shield my child from this stuff because it's horrible because both, sure. parents, both parents were probably involved in it. Yeah,
0: because you don't want your child to think of you as being someone that has the capacity to go out and kill someone, no matter how bad that person is.
1: No, but you'd think that, like, other kids at the school would be like, oh, you know, because your mum was part of the group, you know. Part of the group of what? Well, you know. Well,
0: yeah, yeah, you know. You just... Well, no, I don't know. Please <laughs> tell me. Yeah. But the only implication that other people know about this, or that this is a legendary thing, is the song that you hear them, the kids singing yeah, the Yeah, so start. they're singing
1: the song, yeah.
0: One, yeah. two, Freddy's coming <laughs> for you. Three, four, better lock your door. You know, it's, I'm not going to do the whole thing because I would just waste time. <laughs> that is precious, precious yeah. time that we have to analyse A Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, Would you like another little little bit of Nightmare on Elm Street trivia time? Okay. And nowhere. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Get this. Here's another cool statistic for you. Get this. (laughs) Cool
1: statistic. Oh, you're going to like this. All
0: right. Over 500 gallons of fake blood were used during the filming of Nightmare on Elm Mostly Street. Mostly
1: on that part when they shoved it through the bed hole.
0: Now, this is an interesting thing. For that exact shot, they had to replicate the room that he was in perfectly, but upside down.
1: That's what I was going to ask. Yes. Are they actually pouring it down? They're actually pouring yeah, it down out ask. of a
0: hole, which is why it looks like it's coming out of the bed in such a, like... St- Straight, straight line because yeah. if you look in the background it it bounces off of one of the lamps and goes in a different direction That's
1: what I was ask. and like
0: pours off of it and yeah so they replicated the whole room upside down yeah and put a camera in there upside down as well and then just poured it through the top of the hole yeah very very clever the way yeah, they did it clever. but they had to spend ages replicating everything in there but upside down. Mm. Very, very strange. Had to, the amount of stuff that they had to glue down, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I think that is one of the most expensive shots that they did Probably. for the film. I mean, both Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street were filmed on relatively low budgets. Well,
1: you could tell that Friday the 13th was a low budget.
0: Yes, filmed out in the woods no way yeah, near anyone yeah, else yeah. small fact about Friday the 13th they actually filmed it at a summer camp out uh, of out of summer hours uh, that camp is still mm, in use today no. and they have a wall in one of the main rooms at the camp that is all dedicated to Friday the 13th and a bunch of uh, props and photos, set photos, and everything like that from the filming of the film. So you can actually go there. I would
1: never go there. You
0: can actually (laughs) go. Should we actually go 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 there? there? No. No. But it's an an actual summer camp that is still um, working today. Um, Not so much the stuff for Nightmare on Elm Street, obviously, but... I do think that that shot was one of the most expensive things of the film. Yeah. I think they used a lot of the budget of the film and a lot of those five hundred gallons of blood. Yeah, because when that. you because when you think about it, they had to use the fake blood to do the blood trail going down the school hallway. Yeah, because she's like seeing a puddle her friend get dragged. Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all of this kind of stuff, especially Tina getting killed at the start. Yeah, that
1: was a lot of blood as well.
0: Tina it's uh, uh, all I can think of Tina. when I hear Tina now Tina. it's Tina Belcher <laughs> so what did you reckon to Nightmare on Elm Street a little bit um, a little bit
1: more scary a, a, um, I thought it was gonna oh, no I don't know I'm not sure really
0: not sure what to make of it as no. far as the film goes
1: no because I've been thinking the wrong this whole time <laughs> I didn't know it was a dream at the end all of that
0: No, I mean, it does put the ending into a weird perspective when you watch it and you go, oh, I don't know what to think of the rest of the film now. Like, It makes you question all of the rest of it. Yeah. But it's also weird to think that Friday the 13th, to an extent, but mostly Nightmare on Elm Street, so much of their income has come from merchandising yeah. Like the Freddy Krueger glove yeah. and hat is a notorious <laughs> bit of merchandise. And so
1: it's like Michael Jackson.
0: I know. And it's this I his watched glove this and his hat. I watched this weird I watched this documentary about horror films and they said that the, the producer and even Wes Craven himself thought it was so strange that after Nightmare on Elm Street got the notoriety that it did that there were these kids going around dressed as Freddy Krueger on Halloween and wearing the knife glove and they were going to the premieres of it wearing the knife glove and the hat and it's based off of a child murderer and a child molester you know Freddy Krueger is a child molester and you've got these little kids <laughs> that are wearing it as a as a Halloween know, costume but they and it's don't like the think irony of it like
1: that though they just think like oh a scary monster yeah. I'm going to freak everyone out like, and, that, that and he
0: is. goes on to reference that that hype of that fandom about a film in Scream 2 and Scream 3 yeah, yeah. where there are people at the midnight showing yeah, yeah. of Stab
1: yeah.
0: when they're dressed in like the masks and yeah. the knives and it's like this, you're actually replicating a serial killer yeah. here I
1: know you know so, yeah but it's not real though that's the thing
0: no, it isn't. They're
1: not going out dressed like Jeffrey Dahmer or something.
0: No, that's true. But in the context of the film, yeah, I know, world, but
1: it, it becomes like a cult character. It like does almost like you're dressing up like Mr. Blobby or something. And it's these, still a character. Well, there's a huge difference. Well, maybe there isn't such
0: a huge difference between Freddy Krueger and Mr. Blobby. I mean, no, but
1: I just mean if, if you ask dress me who, who as superheroes, I'm superheroes, they know they're not real.
0: If you ask me who I'm more terrified of, Freddy Krueger. Or Mr. Blobby. I mean, I'm going to level with you. It's pretty much neck and neck.
1: <laughs> I was going to show they you... They this... are both terrifying. I was going to show you this thing the other day, but I didn't... I... Oh, I should have, though. It was funny. Okay. They had basically re- um, taken a couple of minutes of Insidious and replaced um, the nun with Mr. Blobby. <laughs>
0: oh, my God.
1: <laughs> but it was so funny, because I was like, this: the girl and the... and the woman, and they're stood in front of the corridor, and the girl turns to the woman and goes, What's that what's that? What's that? Who's that over there? Like points. And then she goes, I don't know, I can't see what are you talking about? And the camera like pans around and it's just Mr. Blobby at the end of the hallway lit up and he's like mm. Blobby
0: Blobby Blobby. <laughs> ah! It's terrifying. I mean the only thing more terrifying would be Mr. Blobby with the knife glove.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: There's no outrunning that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, he falls over all the time. He
0: falls over all the time. He gets straight back up, but he's <laughs> he just bounces. So he's not like Freddy Krueger, where he just would like
1: fall over and done. Fall
0: over and then you know. Speaking of, would you like the last bit of Nightmare on Elm Street trivia time? Okay. Okay. Do 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 Or should I say I I. Okay. So look, I'll be honest with you. We didn't rehearse. The trivia time, the the whole noise that goes with trivia time for the Halloween special that we're doing right now. We didn't rehearse this. We didn't talk about this in advance. In hindsight, hindsight being 2020, maybe we should have. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, God, don't criticise me, listeners. Come on. So, bit of trivia time. You'll like this one. The scene where Freddy is set on fire... And chases Nancy, falls, and starts again up the stairs of the basement. Yeah. Right? That scene was all shot in one take. That is all one shot with several different cameras and was the most elaborate fire <laughs> scene ever filmed to that point. <laughs>
1: I can imagine there was a lot of fire, yeah, but so thought, much like, so obviously, there's a man that's just doused in fire and he's got a suit on because he looks yeah. so chunky. On oh,
0: so this brings so the add-on to that is that that guy, the stunt man, who is Anthony Sequer, won best stunt of the year for <laughs> that scene now, I don't know who's giving these awards... I don't know. ...for best stunt of the year. Because it's definitely not Oscars.
1: Stunt Oscars? But
0: maybe in the industry. (laughs) Yeah, it's like a a Tony. They must have awards, like stunt awards. They must do. Yeah,
1: yeah. So that stuntmen
0: get their... He won best stunt of the year for that scene. I mean,
1: he was on fire for a long time.
0: Now, obviously, in 1984, they probably didn't take into consideration... The fact that we would be watching this some nearly 40 years later with 1080p resolution (laughs) Blu-rays, you know, (laughs) versions of the film. To be able to see that the guy is obviously quite chunky, has a lot of flame retardant (laughs) material padding him out, you know. But it's a pretty long shot. To be on fire for.
1: Yes, he was on fire for ages. He was. He was running up the stairs and everything. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then, you know, again, all in one shot. He walks up, chases her up the stairs, falls back down, and goes back up. Yeah. All in one go. Yeah. That's it was, it was a, a long, long shot. Yeah, it is. I don't know what film would have done a longer one than that to my knowledge I can't think of one that has (laughs) a longer I'm on fire shot (laughs) than that I know that at the Waterworld stunt show in Universal Studios Hollywood there's a guy who's on fire for a decent amount of time in that film and then falls off of a plank into the water which is pretty impressive but that's (laughs) that's live stunt show taking us back to Universal Studios where it all began we didn't even have time to watch the Waterworld stunt show when we went. We were too well, busy doing right. other things. We prioritised. <laughs> we had to prioritise other things and in the short that time. Wasn't that was
1: priority. <laughs> no, it
0: wasn't. It wasn't. We were only in actual Universal Studios regular for a few hours before it turned into Halloween Horror Nights yeah. for the night. So we had to prioritise what we could and couldn't do. Most of which was um, Hogwarts,
1: yeah.
0: So you know, Hogsmeade, Hogs- Harry Potter Land. Yeah, because
1: it, it was smaller there. And they
0: close that off for Halloween Horror Nights. They don't want people yeah, going yeah, there on Halloween Horror Nights. Yeah. So you know, but yeah, that's a pretty good stunt.
1: And it I, was. again, that's
0: where a lot of the budget went in that, in that shot. And I, and sadly, I don't think that that's even the most notorious part of the film. It's not like people were rushing out to the film. <laughs> To go and see to this watch that one man on stunt? Fire for
1: ages. No, no, that doesn't happen.
0: I mean, sure, it added to the film when you're watching it, but I don't think it's why a lot of people were rushing out to no. to see it. No, no, I don't think so. No. <laughs> Where of what? It
1: just makes me laugh. Oh, you got to go and see this film. The guy's on fire for ages. <laughs> Nobody
0: thought that. You've got to go and see this film where this guy—they light him on fire. I don't know how they do it, man. <laughs> he won the
1: stunt of the year.
0: I mean, sure, if you're in the industry, you might go and see that for that for, for that reason, <laughs> but I doubt it. So, what did you reckon overall to Nightmare um, on Elm Street? I
1: thought it was a bit. I was actually a bit more tense. I wasn't like hugely tense or terrified or anything. But There's I was a little slightly bit more, more of the unexpected. Yeah, because I mean, you kind of knew when he was going to pop up. Like I knew when she sh- 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 like slammed the door and looked at herself in the mirror that he was going to come through that door. I did know that was going to happen, sure. but you're still kind of on edge because you still think, "Oh, it's going to happen, but when? But when? But when?" And you're waiting for it. Sure. Um, but it was it was a bit more tense because I was I was like, "No, don't go to sleep!" <sighs> like every time she went to fall asleep, yeah. I was like, "No!" And um,
0: and you're never entirely sure if she's asleep until you see weird stuff happening in the background. Yeah,
1: because she falls asleep but then obviously immediately because she's dreaming she's awake again yes and you kind of have to go oh yeah this isn't this is a dream yeah until you get to the end when you've got no idea
0: how long do you (laughs) reckon you would survive if you were in the world of Nightmare on Elm Street. Well,
1: just watching the film actually made me tired. (laughs) So I was watching it and she said, I haven't slept for five days. Well, that's unrelated. Seven days, I haven't watched it. I haven't slept for seven days. The record's 11 or whatever. And I was like, seven days, that's making me so tired. And like seeing her kind of going to sleep, but not really been able to, waking herself up again, I was like, oh, it's making me sleepy.
0: Yeah. No, I don't know how long I would last. Probably not very long. I like sleeping. I like
1: taking yeah, a nap. Yeah, me too.
0: <laughs> See, the thing is, it's not even like it would be a deep sleep. You, If he can catch you napping, then that's it. Yeah, that's it. That's, it, that's enough.
1: Yeah, because the other people in the, sh- in the film, they were o- also dreaming the same as her and they didn't have problems sleeping. They just went to sleep.
0: Yeah. They weren't
1: bothered. <laughs> yeah. For some reason, she was just like, no, this is actually happening. People are like, mm. we're going to die. But even so, everyone else was like, oh, well,
0: but we've already established that you would outlast everyone in Friday the Thirteenth because you wouldn't even go to a camp anywhere, so you wouldn't even be when there at all. When that
1: woman was hitchhiking herself and she went to that pub or the like, the bar type place, yeah. asking where it was, and they said to her, "Well, you know, I, I, I didn't think they were opening that again. I'd, I'd leave and I'd be like, okay, I'm going home now. Thanks." You'd be like, "Oh, all right, immediately." Bye. Yeah,
0: yeah. Each even tried to tell her like, "Quit now!" and she's like, "I can't." It's like, "I
1: can." Oh, well, you're dead now.
0: Well, look at look at you now.
1: <laughs> Never made it there, did you?
0: So overall, Friday the Thirteenth or Nightmare on Elm Street, which one at the moment is better for you?
1: Um, I don't know. I I think that Nightmare on Elm Street was is a better film. I think it's kind of. Better thought out, better executed. I felt like Friday the 13th was a little bit lazy. It was a bit sloppy. Okay. It was like, oh, we're just going to murder a bunch of people and then say at the end that someone drowned. It's just a bit, well, oh, think I
0: right. think you're right. As yeah. iconic as Jason Voorhees is, you don't even see him in the first film. No, you don't. But,
1: um, but I suppose yeah. it, it's the one that lays the groundwork, I suppose. So it kind of has to happen. Um, but yeah, also Nightmare on Elm Street had Johnny Depp in it, so that's good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Did you Did you know how Johnny Depp ended up being in that film?
0: No, but I feel like you're going to tell me. And this is a nice bit. <laughs> this, it changes from me giving the trivia. This
1: kind of um, links back around to some of our old ones. Kind okay. Of? I don't know. Um, he was basically, he went to L.A. because he wanted to be a musician. And he was in a band called The Kids. Right. Because they were young. I so, did know that. Yeah, so he went... That's why he was. He moved to L.A. from Florida. Ah. Way, and he was, like, selling pens or something. He was, like, selling pens to people door to door. Like, one of those weird, weird salesmen. Um, to kind of, like, try and get money from his like to also do his band stuff. Must have been
0: some pretty good pens to go door to door selling know. them. I don't know. If it I mean, it's not like you're going door to door selling like maybe. clicky tops. <laughs> I don't know.
1: Are you? I don't
0: know.
1: Maybe. Maybe. Um, it was the 80s. Well, Maybe. Um, People yeah. loved
0: clicky tops in the 80s.
1: <laughs> it was probably those ones where like the woman's got clothes on and then you press the top and the woman doesn't have any clothes on anymore.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, Maybe
1: specialist stuff yeah
0: but he was in a band
1: yeah so he was in a band and he was doing that like menial job trying to um get money for his band so then he rented an apartment and his and the apartment that he um rented from was nicholas cage's ha and nicholas cage obviously had an agent by this point and everything sure and he was like oh yeah you know i'm struggling it's kind of talking to him i came here to be a musician and he was like well why don't you just um have my agent. I think you could be a good actor. He must have seen something in there or he must have. I don't. I don't know. But maybe he just saw that he looked like somebody that teenage girls would go. Oh my god. Um, and he was like, why don't you talk to my agent? She might get you in a couple of things, and it will just give you a few jobs, get you a little bit of money, and then you can do your music stuff. And he was like, no, I don't want to be an, a, an actor. I'm not very good at acting. I want to be a musician, Ugh, being all like this. Um, and he was like, "Just talk to her." So he we went and talked to the agent, and the first audition that she sent him on was Nightmare on Elm Street, and he got it immediately. And then overnight was, "Oh, this is Johnny Depp now." Became a it sensation was literally overnight, and even Nicholas Cage has said since then, like, pe- "Like things, these stories don't happen when you get an audition, and then the next, wow. the next day after the film comes out, you're a sensation." It was yeah. literally overnight. It was like, "Oh, here's Johnny Depp now."
0: Wow, yeah. I can imagine him saying that now actually is you know these things like they they just don't happen you know it's it's weird i was a roommate with johnny depp and i tell him to go see my agent and lo and behold he becomes a sensation you know that's what i imagine nicholas cage would sound like in that situation okay but that's a really (laughs) cool story like it just goes to show that johnny depp like has that ability to just become that kind of there sensation It was just something yeah
1: it was it was weird i guess
0: the, now, the like,
1: first audition that he did and that was it he didn't have to didn't really have just, to do anymore <laughs>
0: just first time lucky not well maybe not lucky maybe, maybe luck has a little bit of something to do with it but helps that he was the exact kind of person that they were looking for yeah. for that part but also you kind of have to have a little bit of talent to get yeah. your way in the door anyway we interrupt this show to bring you a brief word from our sponsors Amber, I would like to tell you about Greenbird Gift Baskets. Cool. Cool. You're interested? Interested. Excellent. I'm glad you said that because Greenbird Gift Baskets is a small local business based in Southampton offering gourmet gift baskets beautifully hand-wrapped in biodegradable cellophane. They use products from small local businesses wherever they can and are perfect gifts for weddings, birthdays, baby showers, or simply as a thank you.
1: We are passionate about supporting small local businesses who offer delicious products and share our values on sustainability. There is a selection of baskets available online, Greenbird Gift Baskets at square.site and all baskets are totally customisable for dietary needs and tastes.
0: Greenbird Gift Baskets offer sweet, savoury and mixed baskets as well as picnic boxes and prices start from just £25 for a gift basket. Amber, They can even add wine or fizz for an extra special touch.
1: Collection is available from Southampton or they can deliver to surrounding areas. So visit greenbirdgiftbaskets at square.site and check them out on Facebook and Instagram at greenbirdgiftbaskets.
0: Oh, and make sure to tell them that back to the review just sent you, yeah? And now we return to your regularly scheduled programming. Now, do you want to, I'm going to leave this next part up to you, do you want to give me a rating on each of the films or shall we play a game first? That sounds sinister. It's a little bit sinister, but there could be prizes involved. <gasps> prizes? Maybe. Maybe there's prizes don't involved. Have prizes. Well, I don't have prizes on me, but we can work things out. <laughs> oh, OK. OK. So do you want to play the game first and oh, then we'll yeah, do a rating okay. at the All end? All right, then, yeah. All right. Well, Amber... It's time to come on down, because we are about to play Slash or Fiction. I'm going to play some game show music here, right? (laughs) Game show music is going to go in here. Let's play Slash or Fiction. I have here one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight questions.
1: Oh, no. Okay. All right, then.
0: About both the Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th franchises okay now a couple of them are going to be based on true or false answers and the other ones i'm going to want you to give me which of the two franchises you think the answer is and the statistic that you think (laughs) is the winning one all right so here we go i'm going to start you on a nice easy one let's play slash or fiction question numero uno which out of our two killers has been to space? True or false? One of these killers has been to space. Either Freddy Krueger.
1: What do you mean Kruger, true or false? So true them, or false? One of them has definitely been to space and I just need to work out which one.
0: No, true or false? One of these killers oh, has right. been to space.
1: Oh, um, I'm going to say true because I think that seems so outlandish that it's actually real.
0: Okay, which one? Freddy Krueger or Jason Voorhees?
1: Freddy Krueger.
0: Are you going with Freddy Krueger? Yeah. Okay, well, I, I'm, I'll tell you what. Because I asked it as a true or false one, you said true, yeah. right? Okay, I'm going to let you have that as the correct answer. <laughs> ding, 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 Jason ding, ding. Voey well done. It is space. Jason Voorhees to went to space. Why? He went to space in Jason X.
1: Why?
0: So the storyline of that is basically guy? that... Wasn't
1: he drowned in the 50s?
0: Oh, look, there's a whole thing. Right. There's okay. a whole thing. But basically... He uh, ended up getting uh, cryogenically frozen oh. and on the first mission into space, they were taking cryogenically frozen material into space to see how they would react to space and part of that cryogenically frozen material ended up being Jason Voorhees.
1: Oh dear,
0: that's not a good idea. Yeah, I know, right. So question two, let's play slash or fiction. Do you like the did with slash or fiction? Do you like slash fiction? Oh
1: okay
0: yeah. See what I did. Slash or fiction. Right. right. Who had the most follow up sequels to their original films? Jason or Freddie?
1: Freddie, I think. Really? Yeah. How many
0: I- do you think Freddie had? I don't
1: know. Um, not Madame Street, not 2, Street. 4, Freddy versus Jason. Freddy gets bummed. No, I don't know. Pretty good.
0: You're not. You don't get to count the Tom Green. Freddy got fingered that as guys, one of the. No, no, that doesn't count. So you're saying Freddy? I'm afraid it's Jason. Jason <laughs> I Voorhees. Was
1: like a Freddy 14 or
0: something. <laughs> Jason Voorhees had 10 direct sequels. Freddy only had seven. They had
1: Freddy vs. Jason, though.
0: They both had a reboot, which flopped, and crossed over in Freddy vs. Jason.
1: That's so weird.
0: So, technically... So, obviously, Jason had 11, including Freddy vs. Jason. Freddy had 8, including Freddy vs. Jason. And they each had a reboot film, which had no other sequels to it but don't count as a sequel so Jason actually had 10 direct (laughs) sequels now I gave you a little clue with that with Jason X
1: X. yeah but I thought there was was 14 I thought there was loads of them
0: Okay, let's play Slash or Fiction question number 3 who had the most copycat killers in their subsequent subsequent films
1: what do you mean in real
0: life no in the films in their subsequent films after the fact out of all of their sequels who had the most copycat killers jason you are correct jason had tommy jarvis impersonate him in uh, friday the 13th part five (laughs) which was then later killed off the 18th (laughs) yeah which was then later killed off Because audiences did not respond to part five very well, having Tommy Jarvis as a copycat killer of Jason. And Jason was resurrected by a bolt of lightning in part six. (laughs) True or false? Slash or fiction? True or false? Both killers have had multiple people play them in their original franchises. False. You are correct! Ding, 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 ding! False. Only Freddy. Uh, Freddy was only ever played by Robert England. Yeah. It was Jason who has had multiple people play him from behind the mask. But the most famous one is Kane Hodder, okay. who is, uh, I believe, also a wrestler.
1: Right. Yeah, so, yeah
0: OK. He has had multiple different people play him through the franchise, but Freddy has only ever been played by Robert England. So well done on that. Question number five, (laughs) slash your fiction. Between the two killers of Freddy Krueger and Jason Voorhees, who has killed the most people? Jason. Final answer?
1: Yeah.
0: I can tell you. You are correct! Ding, 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 ding! Jason has killed approximately it's easier 100... easier for
1: him to do it, that's what I thought. He's
0: got a few more films, yeah. It is also easier for him to kill people Yeah, well, he's as well. at a
1: camp, you know? Yeah,
0: he's not waiting for people to fall asleep. <laughs> well, he might be waiting for people to fall asleep <laughs> and then kill them, bit. but in the yeah. camp. <laughs> Jason has killed approximately 146 people across 12 films. That's right. including the reboot. While Freddy has killed 35 yeah, in just 8 films, <laughs> averaging 12.2 kills per film and four point sla- 4.4 slaughters per film respectively.
1: Respectively. Yeah.
0: So Jason on average is killing 12.2 people per film. Right. Question number I've lost count. Number 6 of slash horror fiction. Out of the two franchises, which one has grossed more at the box office? Has Nightmare on Elm Street as a franchise grossed more, or has Friday the Thirteenth grossed more?
1: I think Nightmare on Elm Street.
0: As your final answer?
1: Yeah.
0: I can tell. Ooh, I can tell you that you are correct. <laughs> <laughs> ding bing, 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 bing. Freddy Krueger has grossed an average of 42.5 million per film which equates to 339,706,250 dollars overall <laughs> but Jason has grossed only 38.7 million per film but is a total of 465239523 overall. Right. So Jason has grossed more overall, but less per film. Mm-hmm. Freddie bringing in the crowds <laughs> with each film—it's a sure bet. <laughs> so, question number seven of slash or fiction: between Jason and Freddie, which of them has been killed more?
1: Who has been killed more... Yes. ...more times? Yes. Freddy Krueger, probably.
0: Freddy is your final answer?
1: Yeah.
0: I can tell you... You are correct! Ding, 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 ding! Well done! Freddy was killed at the end of part six. And again, in essence only, in a new nightmare. But lost his head to Jason... In Freddy vs. Oh, Jason. Oh, yeah. Jason was apparently killed as a child, which technically doesn't count, but was because it was only apparently. Definitely. No,
1: but Freddy Krueger was killed in, like, pre the first film, though. Yes.
0: Was definitely killed at the end of part four and part eight. And we are led to believe at the end of Jason X as well. But. Obviously, he returns in Freddy vs. Jason mm, afterwards. Okay. So,
1: that's so annoying. Freddy
0: has been killed more times, as Jason has technically speaking only been killed twice. If you're counting the end of Jason X, you probably shouldn't because it's kind of alluded to that he is still alive right. at the end. And final question of Slash or Fiction. This is a truth, true or false one. I nearly said truth or dare then. <laughs> I'm not going to get you to do truth or dare. This okay. is a true or false one for your last one. Okay, you ready? True or false. Both of these killers have been featured in a rap song.
1: <laughs> true, definitely true. Oh.
0: <sighs> It's false. <laughs> Only Freddy has oh. been featured in a rap song. Freddy Krueger actually has a best-selling hit of the new nightmare rap, where it is actually Freddy Krueger doing a rap.
1: I thought you meant how many, like, have they been included in a rap? Like, has a rap artist written a rap? No, no, no. They've, no, been they've
0: actually been in a oh, rap they've actually I you meant
1: like somebody was rapping and then they were like like jason and freddie you know no no no
0: <laughs> that they oh, themselves I I have had the a rap song
1: i misunderstood the question
0: that's okay i probably phrased it badly that's my fault but freddie has a rap song
1: Of course do you not does. think that that's weird yeah it is weird everything about all of this is weird
0: <laughs> so well done i think you passed. Did I? Slash or fiction. Uh, from what I can tell, I think you got one, two, three. I think you got like five of them right.
1: Oh. Well done. Well, they were guesses, So
0: you, that means you get to have five pieces of spare Halloween candy.
1: Oh, <laughs> thanks. Yay. Yay! How did that make you feel? Yay.
0: So that was some cool statistics about each of the franchises that I thought. So yeah. Jason killing approximately 146 people. Yeah, that's a lot. Over 12 films. That, a lot of films. That, that is a lot of films. And I think most of that comes down to some of the later films where he literally goes on rampages because there is um, Jason Takes Manhattan... <laughs> jason goes to hell like he's
1: Herbie.
0: yeah J- <laughs> jason goes wild jason goes <laughs> tropical jason
1: goes bananas
0: in freddie versus jason they actually use jason to kill people to put the fear of freddie back into them so that because uh, people have not become so Freddy uh, okay. enlists jason to like go kill on his behalf right so that he can gain fear back again and gain his power back And it's actually in that film that they managed to bring... One of those films, it's Freddy versus Jason, they managed to bring Freddy back into the real world and then Freddy Uh, fights Jason at the end. Yeah, Yeah, it does happen at the end. Maybe that'll be the one that we watch next, I don't know. But needless to say, (laughs) Freddy, Freddy versus Jason is a little bit of a terrible film. It's kind of terrible, but kind of awesome because it's so terrible. Yeah. But it's got like that really, really bad new rock soundtrack. Oh no. Yeah, it was, it was pretty terrible. So Friday the 13th was followed, followed by Friday the 13th, part two, part three, 3D, part four, the final chapter, uh, part five, a new beginning, Now it was part five where it was an impersonator. Oh, okay. Who is a copycat killer of Jason, which is why it's called A New Beginning. Part six, which is kill or be killed, which is obviously Jason coming back. Friday the 13th, part seven, The New Blood. Part eight, Jason takes Manhattan. Part nine, Jason goes to hell and then Jason X. Jason goes to space. Jason Jason in Spoons! Yes. <laughs> and then for A Nightmare on Elm Street, Nightmare on Elm Street was followed up by uh, Nightmare on Elm Street part, part 2, Freddy's Revenge, Part 3, Dream Warriors, Part 4, The Dream Master, Part 5, The Dream Child,
1: oh.
0: uh, Part 6, Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare, and then Wes Craven's A New Nightmare. Right. Which resurrected uh, uh, Freddie Krueger, and then obviously he crossed over in Freddy vs Jason as yeah.
1: well. Yeah. Oh,
0: so he's a busy boy, ain't he. They're all busy boys. So let's get some ratings for these films, shall we? So shall we do Friday the Thirteenth part, uh, f- part part the first first.
1: Friday the Thirteenth.
0: Friday the yeah. Thirteenth part the first. What is Friday the Thirteenth going to be out of?
1: I'm giving it out of yellow mat. Because everyone was wearing yellow macs, and I really wanted a yellow mac. And then I watched this film, and everybody that was wearing a yellow mac got kind of got killed. Well, everyone because you, um, you don't want one Alice so much. Was, Alice was wearing a yellow mac. Oh, she managed and to. She live. didn't get killed. Yeah, but, maybe the yellow but, mac protects but, you. But no, because she took the mac off, and then she didn't get killed. Oh. Maybe if she'd kept the mac on, she would have got killed. Oh dear. So, oh dear. so I don't know about that anymore. But anyway, that's what I'm going to give it out of because that's what I noticed. So
0: Friday the 13th is out of Yellow Max. I like it. Yeah,
1: Yellow Max.
0: How many <laughs> does it get?
1: Like M-A-C-S, like yellow Macintoshes or like oh, yellow, okay. yellow waterproof jackets. Not, not a yellow guy Max, named Max. like a man called Max who was okay. all in yellow or something. All right, okay. That, that
0: completely changes my thought process <laughs> on this
1: then. Um, I think I might give it three.
0: Three? Three out yeah, of five Yellow because, Max.
1: Because like, you know, it did set off a whole thing and it like it was a classic looking back on it now yeah but it just wasn't the best you know
0: okay fair enough and Nightmare on Elm Street Freddy Krueger what does your guy your bezzy mate Freddy (laughs) get for a Nightmare (laughs) on Elm yuck (laughs) that face imagine looking at that face as a bezzy mate no, so your guy, Freddy Krueger, what are you going to give? What's it going to be out of for Nightmare on Elm Street?
1: Um, it's going to be out of crucifixes.
0: Ooh, Ooh I very just clever. Thought, so
1: like later on in the films, when they say that, oh, he went to hell and he's given the souls back and stuff. Yeah. They kind of say that if you have a crucifix, like it's kind of your protection. Yeah. Um, Maybe that's why. Yeah. Because he's in hell. Yeah, so yeah, like yeah. The crucifix is like, ah.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was a lot of crucifixes. Yeah, because in he was
1: film. going through yeah, the wall yeah. when the crucifix was off. Off. And then when he put the crucifix, when she put the crucifix back on the wall, he, he was like, He couldn't through. through the yes. Wall so anyway, that is clever. Um, so well done it's on noticing crucifix. that.
0: How many is he gonna give get? This
1: one three as well. Are oh, they both get three? Yeah, just like middle of the road. You know, it was like a, it's a classic thing that like loads of stuff got inspired by. So I do get that, but I just wasn't like in love with them. You know. Okay.
0: You didn't want to give Freddy Krueger an extra half star for cutting off his own fingers to scare (laughs) someone. That was
1: funny, actually. I quite liked the things that he did because they were kind of comical at the same time. Oh, we've got the dog
0: joining us for the last part.
1: Like, why did he have such long arms? (laughs) So, yeah, some of it's kind of funny. I, I could give it an extra half if you wanted.
0: No, it's not whether I want to. It's whether you want to. No,
1: but yeah, there were some parts of it that were like slightly more enjoyable, I guess.
0: Yeah. We've got the dog joining us because maybe she got spooked over the fact that we've <laughs> been watching horror films and didn't know where uh... we were. Ah, uh, everything's better when you've got a dog joining you. Who needs horror films when you've got the dog joining you? Oh, you've
1: got your Christmas jumper on. It's Halloween, silly. Yeah,
0: silly. It's Halloween. You've got to have your Halloween jumper on. We're going to dress her up for Halloween. <laughs> so they both get three. Yeah, they both how get much threes. did I give
1: Halloween last time?
0: I think you gave Halloween a four, four and yeah, a half. Because it was I pretty like, big. I think
1: like, I like that better. Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay. Maybe our listeners can chime in and say what we got. And uh, maybe say what else we should watch for next year's Halloween Fright Fest Spooktacular so any final words that you want to say to Freddy or Jason get bent excellent I like that yeah <laughs> that's what you'd say if you saw them in real life <laughs> so there you have it fair listeners at the end of our Halloween Fright Fest Spooktacular a little bit unceremoniously i don't know both of our films are getting distinctly average threes so three out of five yellow macintoshes for friday the 13th and three out of five crucifixes for nightmare on elm street but what do you all out there think that are listening are you a horror buff that thinks that these films are way more iconic than they've been given credit for? Or are you a bigger fan of the rest of the franchise as a whole? Do you think that maybe it's the sequels that make these franchises what they are and their notoriety? Do you think that we should maybe not judge these franchises solely on their first instalments? Or do you think that there are far, far better, more iconic films to look at for next Halloween or maybe just for funsies but definitely maybe saving it for Halloween who knows if you want to tell us your thoughts on this Halloween Fright Fest spooktacular and maybe that you were annoyed with us for splitting it into two halves or any opinions that you have on the films that we've spoken about today you can message us through social media I am at Drew Bridger
1: at Amber Inch.
0: And don't forget to use the hashtag BTTRpod to let us know when we are being talked about on the internet. Amber, if the listeners have enjoyed this Halloween Fright Fest spooktacular in the two parts that it has been in, what else should they do?
1: Like and subscribe and review on your podcast service and rate five stars. Also, follow on Instagram at BTTRpodcast.
0: Excellent. Yes, they should do that. Make sure that you give us a listen and a subscribe. Tell your friends about us because the way that these podcasts kind of get more listenership is literally through lovely people like you that sit through the episode and then tell your friends about us. So please, please do feel free to tell your friends, your family. If you've hated this podcast, tell someone that you don't like as a trick on them and they'll then they'll listen and then you can laugh at them behind <laughs> their back as a weird Halloween trick, maybe. So if you don't want treats over Halloween, tell people about our podcast as a trick instead. In the meantime, though, we wish you from the both of us sincerely an incredibly happy Halloween. Don't eat too much candy. It will give you nightmares, and you know what nightmares are like on Elm Street. They can be pretty rough. Above all though, stay safe out there. And Amber, yes. are you uh, are you feeling sleepy like I am? Yeah, quite a lot, actually. Yeah? Should we go take a nap? Yeah. You've got a crucifix next to you. <laughs> ah. Well, if you don't hear from us next week, you'll know that pretty got us! Hey Freddy! Get burnt!